to, and, and we will pray, but I really want to pray for the anointing and for the Word of God, and I'm going I'm to do that this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of standing behind this sacred desk, Lord, that Lord is dedicated to you. And Lord God, I pray that I would dedicate my life wholly, even this morning, to the faithfulness of your word. Lord, that your anointing would be upon me. And Lord, that out of my belly would flow rivers of living water, Lord God, only supernaturally as you are able to do it. Father, I am just a tool, but you are the power. You are the, 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 the Lord of lords. And I thank you for the Holy Ghost that is in this house this morning. And Lord God, that the anointing from the Holy Spirit would be so empowering, Lord God, in the ears of those who hear and in the mouth of he who speaks. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to go to uh, Genesis and... and uh, uh, when you head down, would you would you tap that blue bar on the? Um, uh, there's a blue bar there. Uh, can you just just touch the blue bar? It should do everything it's supposed to. Well, there you go. Excellent. Sometimes you press the wrong end. I'm going to be speaking from Genesis chapter five and verse thirty-four and verse twenty-four. And this is what it says here. Uh, or actually, I'm going to start with uh, 21 of uh, Genesis 5. And, and Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat. Um, and Enoch walked with God uh, and begat. I didn't put this down right, so just be with me a minute. Let's look it up in the Bible. We ought to be able to find that all right, right in the first book. Chapter 5, I don't think I typed the whole thing here. 21, here we go. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. There's the one that was missing. And Enoch walked with God, and after he begat Methuselah, 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him up. And what we realize in this is that God found great pleasure in his company with Enoch. When we look at the Old Testament, what we have to understand is the Old Testament is a shadow of the New Testament. So every truth that's in the New Testament can be found in the Old Testament. And we can find Jesus in the Old Testament. I've heard people say, well, Jesus isn't in the Old Testament. Jesus was not only in the New Old Testament, he was before the Old Testament. And we can find him. Um, but we always find what we're looking for. But I want you to know that this walk that Enoch had with God is a walk that we can glean from and that God would desire of each and every one of us. Our walk with God should be intense, not casual, fruitful, not barren, genuine, not false, faithful, not doubtful. Walking with God simply means to live in the presence of God. And I will tell you this as we've been studying the, the knowledge of the holy. 
uh, we've been learning that there is so much about God we don't know. But how many know we should seek? The Bible said, seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And I, I will share a lot of that with you in just a little bit. Uh, the theme lives regulated by his will, inspired by his spirit, and devoted to his purpose are, are, are lives that are walking with God. In other words, we need to make a decision. Abram uh, was called out of the land of the Chaldeans. Now, I want you to know that Abram was an Iraqi or in the Middle East there, maybe Iran. Uh, but that's what he was. He he was called. His father was called. And they went into a place called Haran. Haran in the Bible means a dry and barren place. It's people who come halfway. I've known a lot of Christians that come halfway. And they live in the halfway place. But that's what Haran is. But when his father died, God again came to a. Uh, Abram, and he said, Abram, leave thy father's house and thy kindred unto a land that I will show you. You see, we can't be half-hearted. We've got to go all the way with the Lord. We need to realize what he was saying is, I'm calling you out of your family. Now pray that your family may follow, but the fact of it is, is that if they do not, then you need to come out and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. You will be a child unto me. And that is what God calls us to. The Bible said, if you love your mother, your father, your brother, your sister more than me, what does that mean? Does it mean we shouldn't love our mother or our father? No. What he is saying there is that if you will choose a family member over pleasing me, he said, you can have no part of me. And I've seen through the years people that have difficulties in their families. And while they see the difficulties in their family, they begin to slide away from the Lord. We had a lady years ago who she threw her keys. Her son was really having a hard time. And she said this. She said, if I had to choose between God and my son, I'm going to choose my son. Now, that came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody asked her anything like that. But I think the Spirit of God was working within her. And she was, and she was torn between two. I want you to know, when you have a wayward child and you stand as a lighthouse, you know that child someday will know that in my father's house, in my mother's house, there is the presence of God. That's what God calls us to be as a lighthouse, even unto our family. We need to stand strong in him, not compromising uh, what we believe. You know, because that's what the enemy always wants. Well, you know, if you if you watered down the word or if you, you know, you, you know, preach against sin all you want, but just don't name it and people can sit under that. But I want you to know something that that we need to understand what it means to walk in the holiness of God, to dedicate oneself to God. Enoch's Enoch's name is is uh, Kana. And what it means uh, is to uh, be disciplined, dedicated, and trained up. Disciplined, dedicated, 
and trained up. You know, and what does the word dis- disciple mean? The disciple means one that is disciplined to the word of God. You know, uh, the Bible said, let um, every man be a liar and let God's word be true. Whenever my thoughts are contradictory to his thought, maybe you read in the Bible uh, something the Lord has ha- shares, but then in your mind you begin to process it and it comes into doubt. Well, I'm not sure how that works. I want you to know something. That is sin. The Bible said if the Word says it, we need to believe it. We need to stand upon it, and, and, and we need to proclaim it. Amen. The Bible said the letter killeth, but the spirit makes it alive. You see, when you speak the word of God, you are making you are making the word alive. As long as it lays on this page, it cannot do anything. But when it's spoken by the pneuma, uh, which is the Greek for for the spirit, it brings life. He said, blessed are the feet of they who preach the gospel, for how will they hear unless somebody would preach? I think of the eunuch when he was leaving Jerusalem in the holy days, and he was headed back to Ethiopia. And while he was there, he was reading out of the book of Isaiah. And uh, Philip was told by the Lord, attach yourself to that chariot. And he did. And, and he looked, and the man said, I'm reading out of Isaiah. But he said, I don't know what I'm reading. I I need somebody to help me. And Philip straightway with him, he jumped on the chariot and began to explain to him what Isaiah was saying in the word of God. And what happened was, is when the eunuch had heard what Philip had to say, he said, what hinders me from being baptized? And what did Philip say? He said, do you believe in the Lord Jesus with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind? He said, I do. He said, then straightway there was a certain body of water, and there he baptized that eunuch. Amen. Amen. But how did the eunuch come to know without the word of God? It wasn't that when it was left on the page, what had to happen was is that Philip had to take that word off the page through his spirit, the pneuma, and speak it into the vo- into the ears of the hearer. And all of a sudden, a light bulb came on and he understood it. I've heard people tell me, well, if the Lord wanted to do it, he'd just do it. Well, I want you to know something. He, uh, God has, has uh, delegated man to carry his purpose in this earth. We know that with Enoch, when Enoch was taken with God up on the hill, and he looked and he said, what do you, what do you see? Enoch said, I see dry bones. I may look this much, well, I just see a few. And God said, do you believe they can live? And he said, thou knowest, Lord. Did God say, okay, stand back, let me show you how it's done? No, he said, you speak to the bones. That's what God wants from each of us is to be faithful to him and to have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying and be obedient to him and to speak the word of God. You know what God said? He said, my word will never come back into me void. In other words, every word that I send forth has its purpose. It will either condemn or it will convict. The condemnation is not as it doesn't come from God. It is your denying or rejecting. That's where the condemnation comes. God said, I did not come to condemn the world. Uh, I sent not my son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might have life and that much more abundantly. So whenever, whenever anybody is condemned, they're condemned by their own conviction or, or should I say by their own uh, uh, refusal 
to receive the blessed promises of God. One yielded up to God in Romans 12.1. He said, beseech you, therefore, brethren. Uh, or he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Wow. I mean, you know, God is saying, okay, let me reason with that. that that's your reasonable service. You should, you should do that. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? By surrendering to God, saying, Lord God, I pray uh, that you would, would take me and, and, and you would use me. And you would make me into something that would be pleasing in your, in your eyes. So we present our bodies. And what does that mean to, to be living sacrifices? It means that when your will crosses God's will, that God's will always wins out in your life. Jesus had a will that was separate from his father. Let's well, scare you for a minute. Even though they were one. In Gethsemane, Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. In other words, because Jesus was born into humanity, though he was all God and all human, he had a human will. But what he said is, I surrender my human will always to the will of my father. And that's really where we're at. So, you know, uh, you have to just be where you're at and say, Lord God, he said to he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Who's the church? You are the church. Somebody said recently, you know, I think that you ought to keep the sanctuary holy because the kid was running around in the church. I, I, I didn't say, and I should have probably more boldness. I would have said, what you need to realize is you are the sanctuary. <laughs> And you're right. You should keep it holy. Amen. He said, everything's made of wood, hay, and stubble will burn. This building will burn. This is just a temporary place. But he said, you are the living sanctuary of God where the Holy Ghost wants to dwell. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. The natural man will never come to understanding of God or to know him. People will take this word and they begin to filter it through their natural mind. And in doing that, they explain things away that God never intended to be explained away. Because they're trying to get into their own finite mind. But I want you to know that God's ways are greater than my ways. And, he, and I can never know him through my human intellect. Never. I'll always come to the wrong conclusions. I've seen men after men uh, uh, looking at the word and say, well, surely this means something. I'll tell you what it means, what it said. <laughs> But what we try to do is filter through our own human thinking. 
I, I've heard recently, you know, and heard that, well, you know, the, the infilling of the, of the Holy Ghost is, is something that happened in the book of Acts, and, and, and it's not there anymore. Well, you share with me in that. Well, when, when Peter went to the house of Cornelius, he laid hands on him, and, and from there, you see, what we're doing is we're injecting within the Word what we think about the Word. But I think of Peter, you know, he had breakfast in A.D. 33. So because he had breakfast, we should never have to eat breakfast anymore. That, that's the logic. That is the reason. We need to get back to the Word of God and say, Lord, if you say it, I believe it. It's your Word. It will not lie. If it's written in the Bible, I'll believe it till the day I die. And we need to understand that. We have a lot of people today that say, well, you know, that's an ancient man manuscript. And God is, uh, surely humanity has changed today. We can live together today, even though we're not married. We can do this, uh, and we can do that. Because, you know, this is just old-fashioned. How I many know God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he never changes? How I many know the Bible said heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He dwelt among us, Jesus Himself. I want you to know that this Word is what was crucified to the cross. This Word bled and died. This Word uh, uh, is, is, is Jesus Himself, because that I am. Jesus is the Word. He said, I am the bread of life. The disciples came to him, and, and when he talked about, uh, they said, well, you're going to eat. He said, he said, I have bread to eat that you know not of. He said, unless you drink my, uh, my blood and eat my flesh. And what he was talking about? He was talking about the word of God. This is my flesh. This is my blood that was shed for you. And if you will take up this word and believe it, and walk in it, he said, you shall be saved and you shall be with me throughout eternity. Oh, what a day that'll be when my Jesus, I shall see. In Proverbs 16, 25, he said, there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. You, you people come into the church and all of a sudden they're trying to filter what they read through their own understanding. I want you to know something that will always lead you astray. First Corinthians 4, 14, he said, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned spiritually discerned you can only know god through the spirit he what did it say in romans that i find that if i walk in the spirit i'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh there's nothing that this flesh can do the bible said the carnal mind is enmity with god and the word enmity means that it's an enemy of god it wars against god the greatest fight that you'll ever fight in your life isn't the devil with two horns and a pitchfork it's going to be your own mind and your own understanding and battling with that that's the greatest battlefield you'll ever you'll ever face is to say lord not my will not my will lord 
I think of an unbroken fellowship. How can two work to walk together unless they be agreed? I'm going to the book of Amos, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up out of the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. In other words, I've been faithful to you and to you alone. Therefore, I will punish you for your iniquities. In other words, I took Abram out of Haran, which was first from the, the land of the Chaldeans. I took him out of Iraq, out of Haran area, and I brought him out into a land, and I established through him a holy people. And Israel was born out of the loins of Jacob. The Bible said that Jacob wrestled all night with the Lord. And he said, because you wrestled with me all night, he said, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but it will be called Israel. God chose out of Adam, out of Abraham's loins, a holy people. He pulled them out of the world, just like, just like he did with you. I want you to know the Old Testament is full of, what, of, of the experiences that we should be experiencing. I heard a voice one day. And he said, Bob, come out of the land in which you live, of drugs and alcohol and all of those things, and come unto me. And separate yourself before me. And he said, and I will lead you. And he said, not of your loins will come the blessings of God. How I many know we need to pray for our children? We need to stand with, uh, for our children. Because I believe all of the blessings that were given to Abraham are given to us. Now, I, that doesn't mean that I, uh, I preach that uh, uh, in replacement theology. We do know that Israel is a, very, a land of God. It belongs to God. But you also have to understand we have been grafted into the vine. And when we're grafted into the vine, the blessings of Abraham will also fall on us as Christians. He said, I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. How many believe that today? We should feel sorry for people who misuse. Because they're God's children and God loves his children. You only have to know of all of the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you of your iniquities. What is God saying? He said, look, I've been faithful to you. How many know he says that to us too? You know, I've been faithful to you. Bob, I've been faithful to you. But I'm not all that uh, happy with some of the attitudes you might have had. I, I might not be. You know what God said? He said, I chasten them in whom I love. We pray for a, a wayward, uh, uh, a wayward relative or, or child, and all of a sudden things seem to fall apart. Well, I want you to know sometimes that's how God works. He's got he's to break it down before he can build it up. And that's why we need to be patient. The Bible said, with patience, possess you your soul. How many of you possess your soul through patience? How many of you have had to be patient with yourself and, and, and say, Lord, I continually present myself to you with patience? You 
cannot walk together except you be in agreement. His word and our lifestyles must agree. I say it again. His word and our lifestyles must agree. And I've seen so many Christians that feel like, well, I I don't have to agree with that. I believe God's changed his mind. There's a word for it. And, And it is a whole movement of people. I was listening to a preacher this morning. And he talked about a man who was very anointed and very gifted. But what he did is, is he begun to change his, his, his doctrine. In fact, he came to the place where uh, he believed that when somebody was married, he had the first night with their wife. He had, he had uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, and, and if you don't think that's strange, there's a lot of craziness out there. But what they do is they leave the doctrine of Jesus. And they come to something else and they lead people astray. I wouldn't want to be them. What this man said is, is that later in life his son committed suicide and he ended up homeless. His wife left him and came back into true Christianity. And, he, and his life was a ruin and a wreck. You see, it will always be a ruin and a wreck if you begin to go in another way other than the way of the Lord. God has prepared a highway in which we can and must walk. In Isaiah 35, 8, it said, And a highway shall be there, and a way... The highway of holiness. Batteries. I don't think we've got the energizer batteries here. It can't keep up with me, so you be patient with me and I'll... For your patience, it was a, a NASCAR pit stop there. Amen. We got those tires changed quick. All right. But he goes on to say, uh, and a highway shall be there, a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, uh, the wayfaring men, thou fool, the fool shall not Enter therein. In other words, the wayfarer man. You know the Bible said the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. He's a holy God. And we've really got to wake up. And I'm telling you right now, I believe that God is waking up his children because he's coming soon. He's not coming for five foolish virgins. He's coming for those who have the oil in their lamp and they keep it burning. We have a song, I've got oil in my lamp, I keep it burning. I've got oil in my lamp today. I've got oil in my lamp, I keep it burning, burning, burning. I keep it burning until, oh, I forgot the rest. But I know it's until Jesus comes. So what we realize in this 
is that God's not coming for those that are half-hearted. And, and I know there are people who believe that I can do anything. Well, long as I said, Jesus, forgive me, I can do anything I want and I can go to heaven. Well, I'm going to let you know this. That is not biblical and it's not true. People that will say, I said, uh, I said a sinner's prayer 35 years ago, and you know, whether I like it or not, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> wow. But we see in Isaiah 40 and 3, 40 and 3, it says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, who was the one crying in the wilderness? John the Baptist. Make straight the way. In Proverbs 16 and 17, 16, chapter 16, verse 17, it says, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. The Bible said that if the, the church is the salt of the earth, and if it loses saltiness, what good is it but to be thrown on the ground and to be tread into the foot of man. What is salt? It's a preservative. Not only that, but we should always have continual progress. Continual progress. The light on this path shines more and more according to John 1, 1 through 7. But if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other in the blood of Jesus Christ and his son cleanses us from all sin. I want to walk in the light of the Lord. I want to walk in his counsel. I want to know him. And that is my, my, what I seek. God to know you. No standing still, no stagnation, no complacency. No talking, uh, taking God for granted. And I will guarantee you, if anybody is honest with me, and you've been saved for any length of time, you know there's been times in your life where you've just coasted. But aren't you glad that God's faithful? And he grabs you by the ear, and he says, Hey, I told you I'd never leave and forsake you. Get with it. Wake up. Are we not all here? I don't care what denomination you're of. I don't care where you are. Are you not hearing the Spirit say, time is short, wake up? Be ready. Bible said, be, be sober, for you have an adversary, the devil, that goes to and fro as a lying, destroying, and, and devouring everyone that he can. It's time to be sober. And the word sobriety there, it means to be sober. I guess that's all it means. It means to be awake. It means not to be a joker or a jester or making light of things. It means to be serious. This is serious business. I want you to know something. There's nothing on this earth that you will give up where God won't replace it a thousand times. What will heaven be like? Oh, what a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace.
Somebody said to me one day, well, when you get to heaven, are you going to see three gods on the throne? I said, I get to heaven, I'm going to kiss the walk that I'm walking on. <laughs> Whether he wants to manifest himself in three gods or, or, or manifest himself in one, I don't know. See, people will take the word of God and they try to filter it through their own way of thinking. Well, Jesus came to earth and he changed his hat. He was the father. He changed his hat and it says, son. But he's going to go to heaven and he's going to change his hat to the Holy Ghost and he's going to come back as the Holy Ghost. You know what that is? That's filtering God through your own understanding. Who can understand the Trinity? I can't understand it, but I know and I believe in the Trinity because he says it. <laughs> People try to, to, to bring it. I don't want to get into that too deeply. No more about God, no more of God. Take on his characteristics and have heart knowledge as well as head knowledge. Have heart knowledge as well as head knowledge. And that's what we need to understand. So we look at complete separation. One cannot think of Enoch taking part of the world's sinful pleasures uh, and, and, and each day more weaned from the world, more ripe for heaven. I want to tell you, sanctification will take a lifetime. God is, is continually de- uh, extracting out of you the things that, that are not pure. And, and I know that in my own life. You know, there, what did Paul say? He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, but when I became an adult, I put away childish things. He also said, all things are lawful, but not all things are ex- expedient and why did he say that because not all things are good for me see when I was in my 20s and 30s I lived at McDonald's and Burger King in fact I didn't know there was any other type of food but I can tell you it's been a long time since I've ate a Burger King or McDonald's and what is that it's older mature Realizing, and then you know what we say as old and mature people, why couldn't I have figured this out 20 years ago? My hip wouldn't be bad. <laughs> well, or, or this, that, or the other. But see, we mature in the spirit as well. And the things that maybe at one time uh, seemed lawful for us, and God comes to tell you, when I was a child, I don't know if my mother knew this or not, but I had a challenge. I would take a penny and suck on that penny until it became new. And sometimes it would take a couple of dedicated days to do that. Now at 63, if I was still doing it, my mom would probably have a a talk with me. (laughs) But you understand... (laughs) We grow in the spirit of the Lord and we begin to realize, you know what? That isn't good for me. I want to be more like him. I've had one person one time come to me and said, I've been in the way for 50 years. I said, why don't you get out of the way? (laughs) Sometimes we learn these cliches that really don't mean anything. When we really should step back and evaluate the cliches in which we proclaim. 
Each day we are weaned from the world. In Leviticus 20 and 7, it says, Be ye holy. Be ye holy as I am holy. In Romans eleven sixteen, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump, the lump also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. You shall know them by their fruit. That man that said some sort of anointing and went away and said, I need to spend the first night with your bride. I think he had some pretty sick fruit. We shall know them. You see, when I know somebody, I want to hear what comes out of their belly. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. But it also said, out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Just hang with someone a little while. Don't make any quick judgment. Just listen. Be a listener. How many know you have two ears, one mouth? You listen to someone enough, you'll begin to realize what is in their heart. And there's no excuse. Jim Jones was able to get 300 and some odd people to follow him to Guyana, and there he massacred and murdered Every single one of them. Why? Because they began to follow a man. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. It is up to each and every one of us to know the Lord. Every sermon that I preach ought to be an amen sermon. In other words, amen me, so be it. That means the Holy Ghost has already revealed that in my heart. What did Paul say? He said, I come preaching no new thing unto you. But that which was also in the word of God. When somebody comes preaching something that is, that is foreign, then you really need to put that on the table and examine it. Why is it foreign? Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing foreign about Jesus. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Unfailing. Preservation. In it walk with God. 300 years after the birth of Methuselah. Methuselah, by the way, was the oldest recorded man, almost a thousand years old, before he died, and that was the son of Enoch. He didn't walk with him once a week, but continually, even amongst the cares of his life. I will walk with you, Lord God. You see, we all struggle with that. Every one of us do. You know, sometimes when your human spirit has its way, you would rather read a phone book than to read the Bible. That's the struggle. And that's where we say, Lord God, today I choose you. Today I serve you. Today I walk with you. He kept on going. Confident that God was with him. Psalms 23. Thou art with me, Lord. 
In Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, oh, God's true to you. He loves you. That's why he said to Israel, he said, I've been faithful to you. I've done these things. And yet you've gone out and, and, and sin. He said, I will bring correction. The Bible said a child that's not chastened is no son at all. Hebrews 11, we need to understand that was satisfied. He was satisfied that he pleased God. In Hebrews 11, 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had the testimony that he pleased God. Lord God, help me. I struggle, and I will tell you this right now. Never in my life have I been uh, searched him so intently. Fill my life with the word of God. To be around those that are godly. I think we had a wonderful time this last Friday night, you know, looking at the holiness of God. It was a wonderful conversation. I'm looking forward to next Friday night for the conversation again about who he is. I'm going to conclude with this one verse. In Micah 6, 8, he said, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what, uh, and what doeth the Lord require of thee, but, do, uh, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. He sums it up there in Micah. And that's what we need to understand and realize. Lord God, who are you? Are we asking the question? He said, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. How many believe that God will answer your prayer? But what are we praying for? You know, and I think the thing we got to realize, when, when we first took this church 30 years ago, we had a, I think it's a 29-week study on who you are in Christ. If I had to do it over again, I would say, who is he? Before I would say, who are you? You know, we get stuck on ourselves, and, and we, I want to know who I am and that. But who is he? That's, who we, that's, that's the big question. And I'll tell you what, each and every one of you can know him. Not through the pastor. Not through your religious affiliation. It won't get you to heaven. There won't be any Presbyterians in heaven. There won't be any Pentecostals in heaven. Only saints. Isn't that wonderful? Only those that are blood washed. Only those who have been obedient to the Lord. Would you stand with me, please? I'm hoping you that are out on Facebook or on YouTube. If you are out there, like my channel, it will hopefully get some wings and get moving. But I really believe this is the last day call of the Lord. He said, please arise out of thy sleep and thy slumber and seek me while I may be found. That you do not be found calling out to the prophet. 
and sin. What are the times and what are the days? And he says, it's too late. You see, as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. It will be sudden. And many will be caught in the tribulation hour of this world. And the martyrs and those that confess Jesus will be martyred. Isn't this a better day to come and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Lord, don't refuse me, for surely there's a work that I can do. Let's, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Ask my wife if she'd close in prayer today.